Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everybody, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus. I'm here with my co-host in crime, my guy, Jack Barry. What is up, my man? You seem sprayed, although our conversation before this didn't seem so sprayed, but you're sprayed well, now. I got to like up it you know, for the yeah. podcast. It's that radio you know, voice, you know? That's right. That's right. I can't. I can't give. I can't give our people a tired, <laughs> monotone Josh. <laughs> right. Especially. Especially after our new intro. Like that is true, man. I. I still like our intro. Our intro is definitely a little bit more. Um, I wouldn't say bombastic, but I would say it's. Uh, it's more rejuvenating. Maybe it is. It is. is. It, I, I feel like. I feel like you could. I feel like with this intro, like. You could get down and like and boogie a little bit. Where as yeah. with our our previous one, it was more just kind of an in your face heavy metal. Yeah, uh, you know. Which I mean, I mean, I'm a big heavy metal guy. Like I I enjoy that for sure. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, man, this one's got some uh, got some soul to it. It's got some soul. It's got some pop. Got some you know? funk. It's, it's got some funk. Yeah, <laughs> get jiggy with it. You know, <laughs> get jiggy with it in the car. Um, dude, how 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 are you, my man? I feel like uh, this this has been an odd week in that. Oh yeah, you, like you and I haven't talked a whole lot. No, we've both been like super super busy. So I've, how are you? I think that, and then I think just uh, getting or w- my wife and I just today when we're recording have just come out of our Rona sequestration. Yeah, per y'all se. got y'all got. We got, got the Rona. We got Omicron. Um, Omicron. <laughs> roll out. We got Decepticon. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, yeah, we just ended that and uh, kind of going back to our regular rhythms, which was kind of, I mean, uh, which was kind of interesting. It was a little bit more relaxing. I mean, it was kind of on and off dealing with symptoms and trying to navigate that, but... I thought it was kind of relaxing, to be quite honest, but that's just me. So I mean, man, like forced quarantine sometimes is nice, you know. You're just like, hey, I'm getting projects done. I'm uh, doing some artistic yeah. stuff, watching some Netflix. Yeah, uh, you know, and and uh, I almost said chill, but I refrained. <laughs> I refrained, but you know, I mean. We're both you married know, here, Josh. So I mean, that's well, within no, the realm true. of possibility, well, well, I guess. <laughs> well, no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like, you have the generation of the baby boomers, right? Yeah. Like, there's going to be a COVID generation that like comes out of like, all the just being locked in the same house for so long. We're gonna get just this huge influx of kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, dude, I did something this week that. I've never done before, mm-hmm. and I'm I, I'm trying to decide whether or not to do it again. I put it out on Twitter, um, but so so, and I think this this might be part of the reason why. I, like real talk, I'm really tired today. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I just 
I've just I've gone through a couple weeks now where it's just I feel like it's chronic fatigue. Mm. Like I cannot get rested. But but anyway, so it was on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it was Saturday. Um, I was so tired. Like I was so tired, and I could not figure out why. Um, so I ended up going to one of our local like like coffee stands. Right yeah. now, bear in mind, and Jack knows this about me. I don't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm not a coffee drinker. Oh gosh! All right, ha- haven't acquired the taste. <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I don't drink coffee. If I, if I want something that's going to give me energy, I usually try to go for like one of those like Red Bull spritzers or something like that. Yeah. But it's gotten to the point, and this is probably bad, but it's gotten to the point where like I can be exhausted. I'll drink a Red Bull spritzer and it does nothing. Oh, Absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay. I've obviously like worked past the gateway drug. I need to graduate to one of the main line, <laughs> one of the main line things. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try coffee. I'm gonna see what happens. So you know what I did, Jack? Oh like gosh, an idiot! I went to a coffee stand. I was like, all right, I'd like one of these caramel macchiatos. Iced. Oh no, baby! Okay. <laughs> six shots. I was just about to say that. I'm like, Josh asked for six, six shots. Probably didn't he? No. Six shots. I drank a six shot oh iced caramel macchiato. She she made it for me. And, okay. 16 ounce. So this is concentrated. Oh she pours the she she pours the shots into the plastic, you know, cup. She holds it up to me and she goes, Okay, this is just the shots. The sucker's half full. Yeah, I, I was about to say okay. that. <laughs> All right. The sucker is half full. She's like, do you want me to like cut this with half and half oh instead of regular gosh. cream? To like, And I'm like, sure, whatever. Dude, she puts the half and half in. She drizzles the caramel. She puts a scoop of ice in there. I take a sip of it. This sucker's warm. Okay. Because like the ice could not overtake six shots of coffee. <laughs> Man, I drank that. And you were I wired. Felt, I felt amazing. <laughs> I have never, I can't remember, like real talk, I'm not hamming this up. I cannot remember feeling that alert and awake and good in my life. Like, I mean, definitely in the past couple of years, I felt so good. And now- Something I didn't really know about coffee is like, and again, it's because I don't drink coffee, okay? But like, That's I true. have, like, obviously, there's like a point in the day to where you don't, yeah, where like, if you reach that point in the day, you don't want to drink coffee. No, don't do it. Right? I was past that, apparently. I'll, I drank <laughs> I drank this around, I, I probably drank it around two, two in the afternoon. This, ex- this explains your tweets from now yes, me looking okay. at them again. <laughs> yes. So if you pull my tweets up oh my from Saturday night, a.k.a. and then into Sunday morning, oh my um, gosh. I was up until three. Oh, my gosh, man. Like like laying, laying in bed, like eyes like bugged out of my mind, looking at the ceiling. I'm having conversations with people in New Zealand because it's like morning <laughs> for them on the Lord's Day. There's a pastor that I'm friends, oh, yeah. you know, quote unquote, friends with on, on on Twitter. As much as you can be friends with somebody on Twitter, and he's like, and I'm like, hey, you know, and he's he's like getting ready for church, and I'm here, dude. I played drums at our church last Sunday. I had to be at church at seven thirty. Oh, dude, no. it's three a.m. and I am wide awake, and you got. I haven't had I haven't had a coffee since. Because I'm kind of scared of like what happened, but I will say, I will say, there's that little, there's that little tick in the back of the mind that's like, hey Josh, hey Josh, remember how good you felt? Oh my god! <laughs> remember, remember how nice that was? Remember all the energy you had? Yeah, yeah, them six, six shots, baby. That's what did that, um, dude. Like, I feel like I'm trying to like, like stave off an addiction right now because like my body is like. Oh, we could get used to that feeling. Oh man! Um, but I am so tired, dude. Like I haven't recovered yet. Like I am. Ugh. So that's my story. That's that's the wow. coffee saga. Six shots, I think, is a little much. Yeah, that's that's Just, uh, 
That's like putting jet fuel in like a VW bus or even like a, a Volkswagen Beetle or something along yeah. those lines. Thank you for, if I'm going to be any car whatsoever, thank you for making me a VW bus. I mean, hey. <laughs> That's fair. You could have been a truck. You know, could have been... I mean, I realize I'm not a sports car jack, but really, <laughs> VW bus? That's, that's hey, what you're going to make me? I would want to drive a VW bus, okay? That's what comes to mind. Like, so. I, like I could at least be a Suburban. <laughs> Right, like you're gonna you're gonna throw VW bus. Okay, you could be a Ford um, Bronco. Okay, how about that? You know, uh, depending on the year, good yeah. or bad. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so that's my saga. So, Dang. long story short, I'm tired. But Jack, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're we're here to talk about the the sacrament yes. of the Lord's Supper. Yes. Right. Let's give a little let's oh, give a little gosh. backstory. Here we go. All right. Speaking of Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Speaking of speaking of Twitter, let's let's provide a little backstory here. Um, a couple date. Well, I don't know. It was probably like a week ago. Yeah. When, when was this? I, I would probably say up. a week ago. It was the second, the second of January, two thousand twenty-two. Yeah. Right. Um, the rapper Lecrae put out a tweet. Right, and he uh, and, and this is what the tweet said. It says, "Just did communion at home with wheat bread and apple juice." I hope this counts, and he gives a little like shrug emoji, right? Um, now I have heard rumors. Uh, I don't know if they're confirmed or not that he was trolling. That this was a that this was a troll. This was a wow. joke. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's true or, or not. Yeah. But like we're, we're we're not here to talk about the tweet because even whether it's a joke or not. It's it's a stupid joke. I'm sorry. I, like, <laughs> yeah. like 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 if he actually did that, no it one, no it doesn't count. We're gonna explain why. Yeah. Uh, it's actually kind of irresponsible. And if it was supposed to be a joke and he didn't actually do that, um I, I mean he you just, can call me a, like you can call me an old like reformed fogey, like I don't think it's funny. <laughs> he just <laughs> like, he just wanted to watch the world burn there for a second, I guess. He did. He had a moment of he had a joker, a joker moment. He had a pile of money <laughs> and he like lit it on fire. Right. But it does beg the question, and this is why we want to talk about it, because the sacraments, right, namely baptism uh-huh. and the Lord's Supper, are an essential aspect of of the local church. Yeah. In fact, they are so much of an essential aspect that if you remove the sacraments from the local church, that specific church ceases to be a New Testament church. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the sacraments are part of the definition of what it means to be a New Testament church. Namely, the gospel is preached, the centrality of the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. The sacraments and church discipline. These are kind of the three main pillars that hold up a church that of you know w- whether or not a church is going to de- to be d- defined biblically as a historical biblical new testament church yeah. right so it being one of the pillars it's it's important yeah right absolutely um how we take communion is important mm-hmm. uh who takes communion is important mm-hmm. um what we say and believe about communion is important. Just it, it is it is a very important aspect of the local church that I think a lot of people perhaps don't think about as much or as often as they should. Right. So yeah. what we want to do in this app is just kind of go through and we're going to utilize, you know, pretty heavily the 1689, which is our our confession, uh, which I think does a fantastic job at explaining in in greater detail what communion is who it's for and you know kind of the the ins and outs of communion if you will um but yeah we we want to explore this topic and and hopefully at the end give you our listeners uh an even greater appreciation and love for the sacrament Mm -hmm. and perhaps an a, a an even greater awareness of the necessary elements and or restrictions of communion, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, while at the same time not being cagey or ungracious or jerks about it, right? I but, will, I, but these are important things to talk about. Yeah, I will also be providing a John Madden commentary from the early church <laughs> <laughs> on communion. <laughs> you see, uh, <laughs> wine, bread, boom, boom, you got it right there. <laughs> yeah, boom. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so why don't we hop right in? Um, I'm going to. We're going to get super Doc and Devo here. Oh jeez. We're going to. Uh, we're going to. Hey, we're gonna hey, hey. Hop into the. Uh, hop into the 1689. Uh, 1689, chapter 30, the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Right, chapter uh, paragraph one says this. Says the supper of the Lord Jesus was instituted by Him the same night wherein He was betrayed, to be observed in His churches until the end of the world, for the perpetual remembrance and showing to all the world the sacrifice of Himself in His death, confirmation of the faith of believers and all the benefits thereof, their spiritual nourishment mm-hmm. and growth in Him, their further engagement in and to all duties which they owe to Him. And to be a bond and a pledge of their communion with him and with each other. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that's a fantastic explanation of what communion is, right? So we see, I mean, everyone knows the Last Supper, right? Where Christ brings into, into light and, and brings into formation, if you will, this new sacrament, right? This mm-hmm. uh, tearing of the bread and the spilling of blood that we partake in as believers as symbols of Christ's broken body and blood spilled for his people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the Apostle Paul in uh, uh, Corinthians lays down even more parameters of yeah. what communion says and who is to partake in communion, right? Um, so with just that, before we get into any... Uh, you know, before we get into anything else, mm-hmm. Jack, why don't you why don't you th- throw some thoughts at me, and then I will, uh, and then uh, we can pick up from there. Yeah, I mean, if we can, I mean, looking at that, there's a couple different things that you can draw from that. So you can draw out the fact that we're going back to scripture uh, to look at what communion is and why we do it. We're also looking at the familial dynamic within the church of why we do it as well, too. Um, I think a huge thing when we talk about the sacraments and them not being instituted by yourself, but being instituted within a local church is the fact that you're submitting. And I think that that word lately has been a very dirty word, submitting um, sure. in different contexts. I mean, granted, it always has been. <laughs> sure. But I mean, you're submitting yeah. yourself to your local elders and the yeah. leadership of the church. And that is a family dynamic to to one aspect and it's also a scriptural dynamic um because you're recognizing my one of my pastors brought this up you're recognizing that you're not your own (laughs) um right you're recognizing that you're part of a bigger family that is expressed locally in your church and you doing in and of itself beckons back to hebrews where most of that epistle was warning about living out a spiritual life by yourself and not going to the rhythms in which scripture and God has laid out before us in order to do that. And so those are our initial thoughts about it. And also too, you can even bring in, I mean, this isn't the, the 1689 isn't probably the first document that talked about communion either. That's confessional. Sure. Sure. You can look at, I'm sure the Westminster probably says, I'm assuming, roughly the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. It, yes. Yeah. I mean, yep. you can go on and on about the Reformed Confessions that are going to say roughly the same thing around the same perimeter and dynamic of communion, right? And then also, too, you can look back to the early church. You can look back to Justin Martyr when he talks about the Lord's Day. It is specifically towards a dynamic around uh, a Eucharistic view and I'm using that Eucharistic view as just bread and wine I'm not talking about like trans transubstantiation yet or any kind of dynamic about that in the early church yeah. but I'm talking primarily about it's very Thanksgiving focus it's very um, even the Didache which is a very early church extra biblical document even talks about communion and a very uh, like giving thanks in a very, uh, this is, you know, this is the, it specifically lines out, this is the bread and this is the wine. It's right. not going beyond those measures. And even people in the early church, if you were at home for an ailment, you would still have the leaders of the church come by your house and serve you that communion to that dynamic sometimes. 
So when we're talking about this whole dynamic that we're in right now, where we find ourselves, where we're kind of live streaming church services, do we take communion? Do we not take communion at that? Are we given permission? Are we not given permission to do that? Um, it really begs the question of the deeper root issue of, do you think that you belong to the local church and that you should be partaking of communion with your local church family, with your elders and your leadership over that? Or do you think that you should be, you can do that wherever you want to because you're your own spiritual leader in a sense. So Right, right, right. And uh, Jack and I would would say the first thing is 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 we we believe communion this and the the sacrament of communion and the the observing thereof is reserved for the local church. Yeah. And we believe that and we get this from what we see historically in scripture as well as the confession we believe that communion is to be administered by the leadership of the church. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, they should be the ones that are overseeing it, mm-hmm. that pray for it, and the ones that are that are presenting it to the people. Yeah. Right? That is the, the prerogative of the of the elders of that specific church. Right? Um, Jack touched on this a little bit. Uh, we obviously are not Catholic um, when it comes to what exactly is the bread and the wine. It is not the literal body and blood of Christ. We do not believe that some mystical thing happens on the altar um, and it turns into the blood and the body of Christ um, because, there, because you know, you know, and, and essentially mm-hmm. killing him all over again, right? Yeah. That, is, that is one of the issues with the doctrine of, and I, oh, I can never say it right, tra- transubstantiation. Yes. Did I get it right? <laughs> transubstantiation, yes. I did. I got it right yes. first time. First try. Nailed it. Um, nailed it. Yeah, and that—that that is one of the major doctrine uh, flaws with that doctrine, is that it flies in the face of the once for all. It is finished mm-hmm. of the gospel, right? If Christ is having to be continue, is if Christ's body and blood is having to be continually broken and spilt, it makes the sacrifice he made on the cross very, very small. Yeah. Right, so we are not transubstantiationists. Uh, the body, the body and blood of Christ in communion, has always been a symbolic body and blood, a pointing back to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right, and it is to be administered to the local church through the elders. Mm-hmm. Right. We obviously know that there is a fence around that table. Yeah. Right. It is for believers only. Mm-hmm. Now, some churches. In order to, and yeah, in order to keep the table pure, is 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 what I've heard. They will practice what's called closed communion. Yeah, and that is when the communion that is given by the elders is meant for the members, the specific members of that local church, and the members only. Yeah. So even if you are a believer that is visiting that that certain church, um, communion would be uh, refused to you because you are not part of the membership. The eldership does not know your heart or your condition. Um, they don't under they, they they don't know based you know where where you're coming from, right? Uh-huh. Which honestly. Um, I am not a fan of closed communion. I know that there's there's a lot of uh, uh, Presbyterian churches, especially in the OPC, yeah. that, that practice closed communion. I believe, you know, I'm I'm brothers with those individuals. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that it flies in the face of paragraph four of the 1689. When speaking of communion, it says the denial of the cup to the people, mm-hmm. worshiping the elements, the lifting them up or carrying them around for ordination for for ordination. And reserving them for any pretended religious use are all contrary to the nature of this ordinance and to the institution of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we deny the cup and the bread to our brothers and sisters, I think that we are actually moving outside of the authority that we have. Yeah. 
right? Now, we are meant, I believe, to... (laughs) And it's a wise thing to fence that table Mm -hmm. before every communion, right? And if you, you know, if you read you know corinthians which which a lot of people do or even or even you know utilize you know other things like the confession it's easy to do be like hey this communion is for believers yeah yeah it's for those who have who are able to claim the sign as their own yeah right um and it's for the specific members of christ's body right yeah and to be to be administered within the local church, right? And and we have to keep coming back to that. Is communion is meant to be taken as a family? Mm-hmm. It's meant to be taken together. Yeah, right. Because that's how Christ handed it out. Yeah, right. And that's what we see in Scripture. Right. When you are gathered together, um, we see we see that in Scripture is that we are doing this as a family, as a church body. It's not meant to be done on an, on a, on an individualistic basis. Sure. So, Jack, I'm going to throw this to you. Yes. Why should we do weekly communion? Oh, here we or go. Or should we not? Is, um, because there's a lot of churches, yeah. and I grew up in them. Yeah. I grew up in the churches that do it once a month. Yeah. Communion on the first of the month or the you know last of the month. It's very popular. Yes. It's very popular. But, but, but you and I would say... We would, you and I would say weekly is best. We would be the weeklyists, yes. Um, the weeklyists. <laughs> the weakest and the weeklyists. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that doing it weekly uh, continues to be... Uh, that's another thing, too, that I would say that's pretty nuanced. You don't see any commandment not to do it on a specific... like first of the month last of the month thing sure i think it should be i mean this is my own opinion and i think that having communion part of your service of your gathering of your local church on the lord's day i think is very first of all it binds you together as a family mm-hmm. um i always do this so at when we do uh the table or communion at our local church. We have three different tables in the sanctuary. Two in the front, one in the back. There's a pastor at each of those. They There's a pastor and or a deacon at each of those. Usually there's two pastors up front and then there's a deacon usually in the back. Um, and they're handing out the bread and this Sunday, the juice and the wine, which was like... <laughs> Added right, we're gonna bonus, get into this. baby. Um, <laughs> we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this. Um, so yeah. they're doing that, and they're bringing forth, especially when you're gathered around that table, it is symbolistically showing you a spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. And even the cup and the bread are doing that. They're showing you a physical grace that has spiritual implications to it. Um, They're showing you those things to remind you of not only the physical grace that we're, that we're dwelling on, which is Christ's body broken for us, his blood spilt for us, but also the fact that we're kind of preparing ourselves for the, for the, the wedding feast of the lamb to come. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what usually, if I'm called on to pray for at one of those tables sometimes, that's what I'll usually remind the people at the table, is that this is a spiritual feast that reminds us what is to come. It's a foretaste of what is to come. That Christ is not in the elements, but he's with us spiritually in that supper. And he's gathering his local church to commune with them in that way. And so... And that's what we mean when we when we speak about gaining strength from the elements. Yeah. Right. And and this is why I have been an advocate and still remain an advocate for having weekly communion mm-hmm. is because the truths that are described and proclaimed in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper are truths that we must be reminded of every single Sunday. Right. That we are not our own, that we have been bought and paid for by the blood and body of Jesus Christ and that we receive our strength, our rejuvenation, our sustenance, our spiritual health uh, and life 
from the truth that this bread and this wine represent, mm-hmm. right? And I believe that the Lord's Supper should be integrated into the liturgy of the local church every Sunday. And I really have, I really do believe that the Lord's Supper is is the it's the pinnacle of yeah. the Lord's Day service. Yeah. That everything culminates in when I am able to partake in the Lord's Supper with my brothers and sisters in Christ. We take them together, right? Because, I mean, especially over the couple of years we've had, you know, you go into Sunday just ragged. Mm-hmm. It's been a rough week. Yeah. And you need to be rejuvenated. Yeah. You need some life given to you. And that's what the Lord's Supper does, Mm -hmm. is it provides you and it shows you both spiritually and physically. As you see the bread, you see the wine. It brings to mind the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the strength that you now, that are at your disposal now because of that truth, right? And man, I need that every Sunday, right? And, And I know... Some of the most classic critiques, and I wanna I wanna throw this at you, is like, well, Jack, if you if you have communion every Sunday, I mean, it won't it get kind of boring and lose lose <laughs> lose. You know, it'll stop being special if it's every Sunday, right? How would you respond to that, Jack? Um, it sounds like people are a little a uh, little stitious over that. Not superstitious, but a little stitious over that. Maybe I'm not superstitious. <laughs> I'm a little stitious. Um, I would say, uh, first of all, man, does, do you want to be reminded of the gospel every Sunday? (laughs) I mean, that's, I I feel like that's what it comes down to, honestly, because every Sunday, if you're not rejuvenated, if the gospel doesn't, isn't a balm, a healing balm for you, especially when it comes to communion, where I think it is a healing balm, it shows us Mm. how, Christ is the ally to his enemies, how he welcomes his enemies to the table, how he saves them, how he welcomes them, how he changes them, and how it's a foretaste of what it is to be um, bought and paid for by Jesus and then welcome to his table. So if you don't want to be reminded of that every Sunday, I don't know what to tell you, to be quite honest. Um, I think that something is... I I think that the sacrament, when it is instituted that way, really helps to show the gospel in a tangible way. Like preachers can preach the gospel, but when you're doing it within the sacrament of communion, you're actually showing it. You're actually giving it kind of legs to stand on. And you're providing a way for people to kind of participate in this way that reminds them of the gospel and not just hearing, but actually like doing and participating as well too. So within this conversation of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, it's important to remember that as we engage with the supper on the, on, on the Lord's day mm-hmm. together is that communion is not a reward for the strong, yeah, but it is strength for the weak. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to go to Heidelberg, Lord's Day 81. Mm-hmm. The question is this. It says, who should come to the Lord's table? Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think and and there's there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of question of, of, OK, how clean do I have to be to get to the Lord's table? Right. Uh, you know, and people, I think there's this there's this stigma around the Lord's table that if you aren't coming to the Lord's table feeling so sick. Yeah about yourself, then you are not taking it in the right light. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that that's, I think that that's an incorrect view yeah. of who the table is for and what the table, what the table says. Yeah. Right. So Heidelberg 81 says this, it says, the question is who should come to the Lord's table? This is how it answers it. It says those who are displeased with themselves because of their sins, but who nevertheless trust that their sins are pardoned and that their remaining weakness is covered by the suffering and death of Christ and who also desire more and more to strengthen their faith 
and to lead a better life. Mm-hmm. We need to remember that the <laughs> the gift of the Lord's Supper is not a reward for those that come into Sunday, all of their T's crossed, eyes dotted, doing great. All right, I can take communion now. Yeah, I feel I feel good. It's, it's a very Catholic thing. Like you mm-hmm. know, I got to get all of these. Yeah. All of these sins confess so that I can I can participate in the Lord's Supper, right? Now, granted, we need to make sure that we are not going and taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, right? Meaning that we are harboring hatred toward our brother. Yeah. Or 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 or, or sinful thoughts toward a sister. Yeah. Right? We need to make those right. Yeah. Right? But we also need to understand that your sinfulness is the precise reason that Christ gave us the supper mm-hmm. is that so you can be reminded that those sins that plague your mind have been covered mm-hmm. paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ if we went into the lord's day meal with that mentality more often it would never ever become something that is bland or something that does not stir the greatest emotion and thankfulness within our souls. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it wouldn't be, I think it wouldn't be treated as kind of trite either. Exactly. Like we're we're saying as well too, where it's like, oh, well take Doritos and, and Mountain Dew code red. You can do, yeah, you can choose your own adventure as far as community goes. It's like, okay, Hold up. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's get into that yeah. a little bit, right? So there is a reason that Jesus instituted communion with bread and wine, and it's because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's what he chose to do, right? Well, on top of that, there's and just so many symbolisms that go oh, yeah. back to bread and wine. And you look at uh, bread being in a sense a symbolism of manna to a certain degree mm-hmm. in the old testament you see wine constantly throughout scripture as a blessing yep to the people and then you yep. also see jesus taking a cup and he's he's doing that in that sense but he's also kind of symbolizing that he's taking a cup as well too that's different he's taking the cup of wrath mm-hmm. um so there's just so many things that if you if you don't even like if you don't want to even look at biblical theology to like understand those things it's like are you really all about your faith because it's like i would want to do that i would want to be introspective about why i'm doing the thing i'm doing and why is jesus calling us to do that so right yeah, and, and, and it's because of those reasons that I do not think that we are given allowance to change yeah. the sacrament, yeah. it, to, to change that, with, that which our Savior has, has created, mm-hmm. right? Now, I'm, I fully believe when the Bible says that it was bread and wine, it was bread and wine. Yeah. It wasn't grape juice. Yeah. It wasn't Welsh's <laughs> that Jesus put into the cup and gave to his disciples, yeah. right? Jesus didn't create Welsh grape juice at the wedding of at Cana, yeah. right? He created some good wine, yeah. right? Because that's what the guy said. You saved the best for last. He wasn't talking about grape juice, right? So we need to understand that. And again, there is grace here, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And when we're talking about how communion is to be administered what should communion involve jack and i believe that the best practice and the closest practice the most biblical practice is to use bread Mm -hmm. not pie or not (laughs) plastic wafers not crackers bread yeah and wine yeah because that's what jesus said Mm -hmm. and that's what jesus did Mm -hmm. Now, all of the arguments come up. Well, what about alcoholics? What about individuals who, who abstain from alcohol? Things like that. Um, those types of questions need to be brought up and dealt with by your individual leadership. Yeah. Right? And that's something that the elders 
of that specific church need to walk through, walk with that individual through, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because whether it's a convictional thing, it's like, well, okay, that's a conversation you need to have with your elders as to why this conviction is barring you from, in a sense, (laughs) experiencing and engaging with the sacrament the way that it was meant to be, Mm -hmm. right? If it's a former addiction, right, and you're in recovery, that's a conversation that you need to have with your elders yeah. and they and have them care for you in that way, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to hand down a well if if they're if it's if it's A then B, if it's B then C. That's something that every individual church leadership needs to be aware of and to lovingly work through with their members. Yeah. I'm just saying what Jack and I see in scripture, what we see in our confession, what we see historically, what we see biblically, if there are no <laughs> hindrances mm-hmm. that the leadership needs to work through bread and wine is what should be administered for communion yeah because and and it really is as simple as that is what christ consecrated yeah that is what jesus said and if we're going to be sola scriptura and people of the book we follow what our master says yeah i would say so just to to put into kind of context too about what's been going on at my local church We've been doing the cellophane. Oh, those are the the, sh- the shot glass, the 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 juice and the cracker <sighs> combo, right for communion. So the cracker is like a compressed, like <laughs> peanut, like like packing peanut, yeah. <laughs> and the juice in the little thing. It's always warm. It tastes so bad. Like oh, it's so. So awful. they did it. So I, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know this was happening, but I was like. I was. I kind of looked at the tables, the three tables in the in the sanctuary. I'm like, what's going on? Like, we don't have the cellophane things anymore. What's happening? And then one of our pastors got up and he's like, so we made a decision as the leadership to include wine, to get rid of the cellophane, to actually cut up bread. Yes, baby. Cut up bread. Yes. Put it on a put it on a little tray. And also to individually pour juice pertaining to consciousness and stuff like that. If your consciousness doesn't permit you to do wine, then you have juice, sure. fruit yeah. of the vine, and then yes, correct, and yeah, then right. wine. And he can. T- and my pastor just goes on this like awesome little rant about what I kind of told you about the biblical theology of like wine. And about how wine is used over and over again in the history of the church, and that juice has only been 150 years newish to us in this inclusion of communion. And right. so, um, yeah, that was just, it was like, yes, just like in my soul, I'm just like fist pumping. I'm just, <laughs> I'm very elated. Well, you, well, you, <laughs> you, you marked me after, after oh, your yeah. Lord's Day service. And you're like, Josh, Josh, <laughs> guess what we did today? We got our wine. We got our bread. The cellophane is gone. <laughs> I was so stoked for you, dude. It was, I was, I was like really, I was really happy because, because here's the thing again, like not, not that we go all Catholic on it, but yeah, but there is a benefit to the, like, the visuals mm-hmm. of it yeah. are important. I really do think that, and that's why you don't use Doritos and diet code, yeah. you know, code red or yeah. whatever it is, Mountain Dew code yeah. red, is because the visuals are important as well. Yeah. You need to like. I need to see that bread being torn. I need to see that. Wi- I need to see the redness of the wine. Mm-hmm. Because like, and again, it's not, it's not like, it's not, it's not a Catholic thing that we're like, oh, it, oh, you're turning it into a relic, Josh. No, I'm not. I'm not. But we do not have many things in our Christian faith that are represented visually. Yeah. Baptism mm-hmm. is one. Communion is another. Yeah. We take those very seriously. Right. And it's important, I think, for the body of Christ to see those things. Because we're very visual people, mm-hmm. right? That's how we learn, as we see things and we observe things. And you were reminded of those spiritual truths from the physical representations, right? And I think how churches do communion is very, very important. And I think that it should be 
I think it should be thought out. Mm-hmm. I think it shouldn't be just something where it's like, well, we're going to have communion today, so let's go get some oyster crackers and Welsh juice, and okay, we've got what we need. It's so much more important than that. Yeah. And it requires so much more intentionality yeah. than that. Yeah. Because of the truths, the weight of what communion represents. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Yeah, like I'm, I'm super stoked for your church. I think that's an amazing call that they made, um, and especially for churches that are confessional, right? That and that hold to reformed theology. Like we understand, like these truths are like these are deep, mm-hmm. and we don't engage with them flippantly. Yeah, right. And that's what makes communion so important, and how we take communion so important, right? So. Yeah, man, like it is, it is the, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper is one of my favorite, if not my favorite part of the Lord's Day service. And I am convinced that it needs to be part of every Lord's Day. Yeah. And it is, it's the pinnacle of it, man. Like everything points to it. Your sermons, your songs, everything, like it culminates in, I get to take communion with my family. Mm -hmm. Like. Dude, there is nothing better than that, man. Yeah, I just, I just think it's the visual representation of the gospel. Um, it's, it's the implication of what's happening, uh, of how the gospel is hitting us all, you know. And so, yeah, um, I definitely think that um, it's, it's needed, and it, it just, it just backs up. I think it just not only it basically visually shows you what your pastor should have been preaching. <laughs> right. You know, right. right. It, is, it is a form of accountability. There's some accountability there. Um, so I think it just, it, it should logically flow into that. If you're, if your pastor is presenting the gospel uh, in, in their um, sermon, then it should logically flow into the table in which that is now presented and, and shown visually. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's right, man. Well, we, we are fans of the Lord's day sacrament communion and, uh, whether or not it was a joke or not, uh, wheat bread and apple we juice shall never know at, at home. <laughs> yeah. We will never know apparently because you know, all it takes now is to say I was joking and like all, all, all rules are off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Jack, it has been a, it's been a good ep. A little longer ep, yeah. but you know what? It's an important thing to talk about. Very true. So uh, we hope this has been encouraging to you guys. We hope that we maybe give you some things to think about, some reasons to um, perhaps continue the way that you're going with communion or you know, some things to consider, maybe bringing some changes into the church, right? Yeah. Uh, or suggesting some changes, right? Just make sure that as you do that, you are digging into the scriptures first and foremost, primarily, Mm -hmm. but we would also suggest digging into things like the Heidelberg, the 1689, the Westminster, right? Um, They, they are great resources Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, how churches should conduct themselves when it comes to things like the Lord's Supper, when it comes to things like baptism. But if you're a Baptist, you know, maybe not go to the Westminster. (laughs) Yeah. You're not going to agree. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. They're fine on communion. Uh, but, you know, if they were being consistent, you know, you better give those babies some communion too because we don't split the sacraments. Why, why, why are we making a distinction oh, between geez. the sacraments? You oh, know, like boy. if baptism's good enough, why not communion? Like, you know, you got to, there's the choking hazard. There is that that you got to look out for. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to throw a little shade at my Presby brothers and sisters. You know I love you. You know I love you. But uh, it's fun to poke fun every once in a while. Very true. Jack, any 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 uh, any last 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 words? I am really tired. Yeah, and I think people could probably tell in this app. Could have been. App, I, could have yeah, been I'm really sorry if people are just like Josh is just Josh needs to just shut up and go to <laughs> go to sleep because you're right. I do. Uh, no, the only thing that I have is. For the reminder that is, if you appreciated this episode mm. of Josh and I going a little bit deeper, digging a little bit under the soil, so to say, of the conversation, of the controversy that is on the Twitterverse, uh, you can follow us 
and you can appreciate more of us on the sociables, if you will. Uh, the Instagram goes well with marshmallow and chocolate. The Facebook or the metaverse or next thing you know, Dr. Strange will show up and it'll be the metaverse of madness. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Did you hear that early cuts on that movie are three hours? Bro, I've heard a lot of crazy things yeah, about that movie. It's, it's going to be, I think it's going to make No Way Home look like a joke, but that's just me. Possible. Um, and finally, you can follow us on the little bluebird, the tweaker, the Twitter, so to say. Um, and you can follow us all at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people if they really love us on an extra dose of love, they can possibly support us in other ways. That's true. Well, first, you can take communion every week. Mm. That's an important way. That's 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 how we know you love us. Is is we we see all your churches taking communion every week, taking it with each other, taking it at church. No online crap. Don't don't do that. At this point, like I'm calling it out for what it is. None of that crap. It ain't it ain't it ain't the same. And no, Lecrae, it does not count. You can support the reformatory if you feel so led by quite a few ways actually at this point you can pray for us we appreciate the prayer you can head on over to patreon and become a patreon supporter we have different levels and different levels get you different different treats and different uh, um, accoutrements mm. and fun things and if you choose to do that uh, jack and i's pledge to use that your name will be hallowed hallowed. hallowed hallowed through the halls of this podcast it's a pledge that we make to you that we uh, have yet to uh, rescind on uh, finally Ladies and gentlemen, in conjunction with an amazing new intro that makes you want to get jiggy with it, na na na, we have na, a website. Na, na, na. Yep, <laughs> we have a website, and it is reformatorypod.com. On this website, you will find such pleasantries as local church merch. Mm. We've got tote bags. We've got mugs. Mm-hmm. We've got those like water flasks that are so popular right now. <laughs> we got hoodies. We got sh- we got t-shirts. Water flasks. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't great. I don't know what they are. Water like balls. the hydro hydro flask. Oh, hydro flask. Yes, called? hydro flask. Hydro flask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's just a water flask. <laughs> it's like it's like the old western. It's like a flask, but you're like, oh, what you got in there? Uh, it's water. <laughs> I'm Baptist. <laughs> Non-denominational. <Yep. laughs> uh, so you can head on over to reformatorypod.com. Check out the website. We're pretty proud of it. It's pr- it's pretty it's pretty kicking. It's 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 pretty fun. If you happen to have local church merch, man, take some pictures, tag us in it. We're going to share it around. Mm. We want to see you guys in the hoodies and your water flasks and the t-shirts and all of the good stuff. Guys, we thank you so much for listening. Go take communion with your local church and enjoy it. Mm. We will catch you on the next episode of The Reformatory. <laughs>